Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Tuesday, September 1st. I'm Wayne Pratt. An effort is underway to find solutions to the issues that haunt downtown St. Louis. Citizens for a Greater Downtown St. Louis wants to help the city solve ongoing problems, including crime. I don't go out late at night when a lot of the uh, craziness is happening. I know there's other individuals who have different schedules and they do different things. We speak with one of the members of the citizens group about the problems facing downtown. That's in just a few minutes. A St. Louis judge is extending his order putting eviction proceedings on hold. Housing advocates say many families in the city need more time to apply for financial assistance during the pandemic. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. St. Louis Circuit Court Judge Rex Burleson has put evictions on hold through October 2nd. The judge wants to give residents more time to seek assistance and to help limit the spread of the coronavirus. Some residents have received aid from the city, but housing advocates say many are awaiting funds because the city and some nonprofits are still reviewing applications. Kalila Jackson is an attorney with the Metropolitan St. Louis Equal Housing and Opportunity Council. She says the judge should suspend evictions at least until early next year. I really implore Judge Burleson to model what's been done in the county by tying it to the actual public health crisis. In mid-August, a St. Louis County judge halted eviction proceedings indefinitely. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. There are dozens of new cases of COVID-19 among school children and staff in St. Louis County, despite limited school reopenings. County Executive Sam Page says overall, 75 students and staff have tested positive for coronavirus. Page says those numbers are, quote, concerning. He adds that students appear to be infecting each other. We've already observed secondary transmission associated with school or school-related activities, and this means one student has passed the virus on to another student. In public schools, where most instruction is online, the majority of new cases is among staff members. But in private and independent schools, which are more likely to be holding in-person classes, most of the cases are among students. The USDA has extended a program that lets all children receive free meals from their school if they are learning remotely. Ellie Moxley reports. Usually only students whose families are low-income qualify to eat for free. But when the coronavirus closed schools back in March, districts wanted to be able to feed any hungry kid. The waiver that let them do that was supposed to expire at the start of September. Without it, schools would have had to charge families that didn't qualify for the sack lunches that are distributed when schools aren't open for in-person classes. That worried child nutrition advocates because so many families are experiencing job loss right now. The new waiver gives schools flexibility through December 31st. I'm Ellie Moxley. A Missouri appeals court has changed the summary of a ballot item aimed at repealing a state legislative redistricting system that voters approved in 2018. Amendment 3 would effectively eliminate the clean Missouri system that gave power to draw House and Senate districts to a demographer. The Missouri Court of Appeals has overturned a Cole County judge's summary that emphasized the amendment is repealing Clean Missouri. Instead, it calls for incremental changes to a lobbyist gift ban 
and campaign donation limits. It also provides more detail of how state legislative redistricting would change if voters eliminated Clean Missouri. A spokesman for Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt says his office will likely appeal to the state's Supreme Court, but adds nothing has been formally decided. A group of stakeholders trying to improve downtown St. Louis is gathering input on ways to solve problems that plague the city's core. Citizens for a Greater Downtown St. Louis wants to tackle issues including infrastructure, property maintenance, and safety. The city has taken some initial steps, including shutting down the Eads Bridge on weekends to reduce dangerous driving in the area. I recently spoke with the group's Arnold Stricker about the organization's approach. There are some key practices that we would like to see, management, some uh, leadership structure, and that facilitates those individuals out in the community who have some ideas, and then the governance of how that's going to come about. I think when most people think downtown, the first thing that may come to mind is safety, especially at night. Is that priority one for this organization, or am I off base? That is a critical thing. When people come down at night for ball games, which we really haven't had, but when they come downtown or they go anywhere, they want to know that they're safe. And the atmosphere prior to COVID was a little testy, and things were not being tightened up like uh, we felt that they could be or should be, and they've been exacerbated really by COVID. How safe do you feel downtown? I feel safe. I don't go out late at night when a lot of the uh, craziness is happening. I know there's other individuals who have different schedules, and they do different things. We're going to have a Zoom town hall meeting on September the 15th from 7 o'clock to 8.30, and at that time, discuss some of the solutions that we have been talking about within our group, and then really solicit some input from the individuals who are in the downtown area. They're the ones who live, play, invest in, and work in downtown, and we want to hear from those people what they think should be done. We would like to see a total area-wide organized effort, all hands on deck to solve these issues. We're we're talking about uh, problem properties, synchronization of traffic lights and pavement of streets. So it's everybody really needs to step up and be involved in these solutions. Are the barricades at Eads Bridge a start? It is a temporary solution. And so we're looking for some long-term strategies. Uh, That may be one portion of that. How long is that going to last? How long can that last? That detracts a lot of people from coming over from Illinois, but at the same time, it prevents people from St. Louis going over to Illinois, and it's not the best solution for the long term. Have there been conversations with other urban centers that may have revitalized their downtown? That's a great question. One of the things we would like to focus on, and we have been focusing on in our group, the best practices that are going on. How have things worked in other cities? I don't think you can necessarily transplant what happens in one city to another Uh, verbatim and identically and expect some of the same results. I think you have to adapt some of these situations to your particular uh, area. That's one thing that we are actively looking at. Is there a timeline when you would like to see results? We'd like to see results today, (laughs) but that's not going to happen. It's something where people have to be engaged who live, work, and play and invest in downtown. The entire city government needs to invest in this particular solution of how can we make downtown a safer place? How can it be more secure? How can we take care of our 
infrastructure? How can we plan things out in our public spaces that are better? Can we get some better economic development going on with all of that? Everybody needs to participate, and it's it's a very long-term process. This didn't happen overnight, and it's not going to be solved overnight. That was a conversation with Arnold Stricker of Citizens for a Greater Downtown St. Louis. Thanks to Maria Altman for editing that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.